Buenos dias. I am Flula Borg and it is now boom time. Today, Gabby Dunn, a human homo sapien who is all of the following things. Actress, journalist, writer, comedian, activist and blogger. Oh, and one more thing, she's also a cool person. Gabby is the host of her massively popular podcast, Bad With Money, where she interviews experts about financial advice while also discussing all the very terrible money decisions she has made along the way. On today's episode, we speak of Gabby and how she got her start as a crime reporter at the Boston Globe, the problem with perfection, and also dot 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 salt lamps. It's all occurring this week on Boom Time. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the most sassy time in the history of sassy times. Boom time. I'm here with our wonderful director, Alex Simmons, and our sound technical director, master statistician and coach, Kevin Richter. How is everyone? Doing well. That was quite a title. Thank you. Yes. Alex, how are you? I'm also fine. Thank you. Oh, I'm very excited. We have a very wonderful guest today, Gabby Dunn, a friend of mine. I have been in videos with her and her other good friend, Alison Raskin. And we've also had many Starbucks together. And when I say many, I think it was 1.5 beverages. What was the half beverage? As, as a cold coffee. A cold coffee. Yes. <laughs> I'm very excited to speak with Gabby because of her podcast, Bad With Money, because... I think everyone is feeling weird about dollars and euros and bitcoins, so I'm excited to speak with her about it. Yeah, it's a cool podcast. I personally don't like talking about money. I don't like thinking about money. The topic of money makes me nervous, and I liked that um, Gabby's podcast. She upfront says she has the same problems. She's not coming in at it from like, I'm a perfect financial expert. She's saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing. Here's here's a podcast about that. I now understand why when you arrived to the studio this morning, it looked like you were participating in a wet t-shirt contest. It's actually just anxiety over money. Is that why I can see your pectorals and also <laughs> nipples through your beige shirt, Alex? Yes. Great. <laughs> well, before we begin the podcast, please warm me up like a V6 lawnmower in Monowai, Nebraska, population one. Oh, my God. I'll be honest. I was so nervous about the financial advice aspect of this podcast yes. that, that I didn't prepare a German-ish sound. Excellent. Then for the next four seconds, all three of us, Kevin, you must participate, must name the two currencies we think have the coolest names in the world. I will start. Guineas and Deutschmarks, R.I.P. I like uh, the Spanish patheta. Oh. Just because it's fun to say. Yeah. The Deutschmark is Deutschmark. also very yeah. German. So that I should have just said that and said that's why I like it so much because it's so German. It's the Deutschmark. What what <laughs> I love is we had the Pfennig, which is the penny. The Pfennig? The Pfennig or cents in German. Anyway, Kevin, what's your currency? Uh, is Canadian. That's it, a loony, right? Oh, yeah. it's a loony. I think. Yeah, yeah I could right, be wrong right. about that. And then uh, Balinese is the rupiah. Oh. Sounds fancy. Those both sound very fancy. Yeah. Kevin, you have, you have won. You have won <laughs> coolest <laughs> okay, currency great. names. Great. And with that, we must begin this very delicious podcast, Boom Time with Gabby Dunn. Boom, Boom time! time! Cheers. Oh, cheers. Uh, I just have a bottle. Oh, but a nice Conk. fancy one. Okay, how do you pronounce the name of this this beverage? LaCroix. Okay. 
Is that wrong? No, I, I think it's correct. I prefer Le Croix or Le Croix. <laughs> oh, Le Croix. That's pretty good. That it's sounds like good. Skrillex, like an offshoot band. Yes, except drinkable. <laughs> According to their website, it's Le Croix. So, yeah, right? Yeah. I called What's... it Le Croix for a while. Why? I think I thought that's how it was pronounced. It's an American company, no? I think they're yeah. from Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Right. So it's Wisconsin. like a fake out. Yeah. Like it a is. fake out of it being a fancier Frencher. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It is it's not. not. It is not those things. <laughs> I forgot you guys knew each other even just a little bit because of bud- uh, Honey Buddies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I saw your film. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I loved it. I remembered specific parts. No, didn't I say them to you? You did. You remembered the scene I with knew my dad. Scenes. Yeah. That's your dad's actual choir? Yeah, yeah. It's a recorder group. Yeah. That's incredible. It's fine. It was amazing. He had, he brought in some heavy hitters in the recording world. The uh, recorder world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And hey, it was time out. Some yeah. heavy hitters from the recorder world. Yeah, exactly. I imagine like those video games where it's like you're picking your monster and he's like circling around holding a flute and you're picking different <laughs> sizes. We wouldn't know them, but they're no. very famous. They're big times. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Featured many times in early music magazine, which is a real thing. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> what? Like music that like was from like the Stone Age and stuff? Yeah, a little bit later, like uh, Bronze bro- Age. <laughs> later than that, the Baroque Age. Got it, got it. Yeah, so castles, Renaissance fairs, that kind of stuff. I yeah. like listening to like instrumental stuff because now, as I've, I'm in my 30s, and so suddenly I've just like turned into like, let's listen to stuff that's instrumental and mm-hmm. relaxing. Yes. <laughs> stuff is very stressful. So, like, it's gone into just like instrumental jazz now, which I did not enjoy in my 20s at all. I think piano music. You yeah. guys ever listen to no. just piano? Pretty good. <laughs> do you do it for when are you doing these listenings? Driving. Okay. And at at night to sleep. <laughs> you you play music. You have the pianos playing. Yeah. As you sleep. Yes. And that works. Piano music off of Spotify. Off of Spotify. Yeah, the doodly doodly. Salt lamp, light salt lamp. What is that? Is that a district? <laughs> the salt lamp district? Yes. No, it's where you convince someone that they aren't... No, that's gaslight. Um, oh, right. Salt lamp is... Near it, the dog whistle? Where's that? Yeah, it's right near... It makes... Uh, dog whistle county? It is a lamp yeah. made out of salt. And it's good for you, question mark? Mm. So it's kind of like a crystal, and then there's a light in it, and you buy it. Oh, this isn't a genre of music. No, no. Oh. No. <laughs> I thought you listened to piano music or salt lamp. Salt lamp That's music. Like, where is that from? <laughs> like Northern Ireland? I was trying to imagine, yeah. you know, you Westeros. Know that, you don't know that DJ Salt Lamp Killer? Yeah. Salt Lamp Killer? I'm not yeah. familiar with him. No. He just goes on stage and smashes salt lamps <laughs> with a hammer. It's very Gallagher-esque. No, so yeah, so he, so it's like this thing that's supposed to be healing for you. You play it, you like... You know, you put it on in your house and it makes the, it's like nice light. Does it smell of the ocean? <sighs> no. You sound very annoyed. I'm sorry <laughs> to go down the salt lamp road. Because I think it does nothing. Oh, yeah. But I don't want to talk about it that it does nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes. it's like, you know, soothing. And then the and then that's soothing. Yes. And then also, let me just preface that I I do take a clonopin, so none of this could be soothing, <laughs> and I would still be on the relaxation ah, train. You know what I mean? Because of a drug that has entered your actual bloodstream. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So here's my three things you should do to go to sleep. Number one, 
Salt Lamp. Oh, that's the order. Is the piano or music and clonopin. <laughs> what is the order of importance? We don't need to oh, know. Oh, it's the top three are clonopin. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a top five, really. It's, yeah. it's clonopin, 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 salt and lamp, and then way at the bottom, salt lamp and Chopin. Chopin, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I cannot listen to uh, piano doodles. Why? Because I'm listening like, oh, when is the chorus? When is the coda? Oh, did they play that? Is that what key? I... I'm over it. Yeah? I don't need words. I'm done. Or even, okay. The no, no, that's the not true. The probably helps. Yeah, it does. For <laughs> sure. No, that's not true. I like lyrics, but I just, for some reason, like even classical jazz versions of songs that I like do know the lyrics to, but it yeah. doesn't have the lyrics, it's just instrumental version salt of that peanuts, song. Salt Peanuts, <laughs> that one. Do you guys know that one? Salt no. Peanuts? Yeah, Salt Peanuts. Is it a classical jazz song? Please, if, yeah, that's a footnote. Well, how does it go? Continue. No, I want to hear, I, I wanna hear I more about it. Should I look it up? So, yeah. it's, it's Salt Peanuts, Salt Peanuts. <laughs> Who sings that? Johnny don't don't know. Johnny don't know. Trumpets. Johnny Trumpets. <laughs> sure, and, yeah. And Bobby Baritone did uh -huh. it. Wait, no. So, okay, this is my question. At yeah. night, I yeah. can only listen to. Do you have one of those? No, I just have a speaker and I choose calming fan sound on Spotify. Yes, yes. They have all of that. They have all of it. Oh, they yeah. have any sound you could listen to to fall asleep that you want. But I can't listen to Tinkles and Tonkles on the piano because it's the variations. You can. Oh, your brain that's doesn't care. No, I just don't want words. Uh, okay. But if there's no words, it's fine. When I was a kid, I was trying to talk to someone this yesterday. I was like, you know when you're a kid and you're like really anxious and so your parents have to play like jungle sounds for you to fall asleep? And my friends were like, no. Jungle sounds? <laughs> yeah, like rainforest or like tapes that are like jungle noises, oh. field noises or whatever. We 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 play ocean sounds ocean for our sounds. son and it, it, it definitely helps him sleep. Yeah. So, yeah. How old is he? Uh, he's a little over one. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, well, the first thing that bumped for them was when you're a child and you're very anxious. <laughs> yeah. And then flag the, number one. Yeah, yeah, red flag. And then the second thing that bumped was jungle noises. Yeah, no. Right. I don't know. Jungle sounds, that sounds very scary. That yeah, does not that's sound what they calming. Said. I think boa constrictor, I imagine. Just uh, a hiss. Waterborne illness, hisses. <laughs> yeah. I meant more rainforest. Okay, okay. So I got that, that was my bad. Yeah, no, it's But fine. even that, it's like little monkey screeches. Mm. No, not no, into it. No, no, not doesn't help me snooze. You should get like, well, do you have an air conditioner? Yes. Does the sound of it help you fall yeah. asleep? Yes, but it's not loud enough. I, ve I very much do enjoy the calming fan sound yeah. on Spotify. I don't know why I keep saying this. But Think it's about the person who made that playlist. Oh, yes. Who are they? Yes. Are you their biggest fan? Yes. <laughs> yes. They are my most favorite. They are my case. It's just most played on yes. your playlist. It is. It's just oh, this it is. one guy. <laughs> yeah. It's that and then a song called List of Demands by Saul Williams. <laughs> What's that? It's just a man. He's a he's a beat beat poet or how to okay. spoken word yeah. poet. And he has a very fun, angry song about his list of demands. He, I am, uh, as people may know, a Caucasian German person. Mm -hmm. He's an African-American American mm -hmm. coming from a different background. So I can't pretend to understand everything he's screaming about. But sure. I love this song so much. It is dope. Two, those are like your two moods. Yes. List of demands <laughs> during the day. Yes. Ceiling fan at night. Mm -hmm. Never to cross, just like Ghostbusters dreams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the two genders, list of demands yes. and ceiling fan and noise. Cal calming fan sound. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, Gabby, do you know what time it is? I assume it's boom time. Oh, smoke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want, okay, oh. so here's what happened. You got too excited. Oh, I think you're literally the first guest that's ever gotten that right. It's the title of the show. That is the title of the show. But the way we ask it, I feel like is it's a little unfair to expect people to always get it because um, it's a little just out of nowhere. But you really? nailed it. So you're quick. You're quicker than the average Boomtime guest. Sorry, Thank other guests. No, but that's I feel great about that. After that, Flula was so shocked. Yes. <laughs> That he choked on his own tongue, LaCroix. I think. Yeah. Yeah, his, or LaCroix. LaCroix. Yeah, yeah. And almost died. I did almost expire. Yeah, right. I'm so <laughs> excited that I'm in the minority of people who got that correct. Yeah, I think you're the only person. So, it, very small it, But we do, we do hide it. I mean, it's, I, we want. Not really. It's in my calendar as boom time with Flula. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're right. I don't, then I can't. Don't, I, they're all dummies. They're dum-dums. Thank yeah. you. And you are the smarty person. Thanks. Yep. I'll take it. Welcome to Boom Time. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so very much. I'm very excited. We are here with uh, Gabby Dunn and Alex Simmons. And director, noted director Alex Simmons. Yes. Noted. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. We're very excited to have you, Gabby. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I know. Now I feel like almost we have to enter like official podcast time. But oh, was all of that stuff not official? Oh, <laughs> no, it was. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, my, my brain immediately thinks, oh, it's time for official Let's questions. Get, yeah, no, Let's got get, it, got get it, got serious it. Bop, 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 bop. Oh, and then the lights go up and it's, for sure. it's like Mind Hunter, and like you are that <laughs> six foot nine man with the glasses and you are telling us about uh, all of your, no. We crimes can, that yeah, I've done? Crimes, yeah. crimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no. Speaking of crimes, Gabby, I did not know this about you and I find it very much a fascinating time. You, for some years, tell me if I'm correct, what? were a crime reporter for the Boston Globe? Yeah, that's what I was doing before, like, I came out to LA, or, like, before I did, like, entertainment stuff. Yeah, I went to school for journalism, for, for news journalism. Right. And then, uh, so that was what I went to college for. And then my college had a program where you could go to school and work at the Globe at the same time. And you had to apply and do all this stuff. And I, and I ended up getting it. So you worked, you went to school, but you also worked at the Boston Globe during the week. Uh, and so I got the slot that there was like four slots and I got the slot that was 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. So nothing positive is happening during that time. Very few There things, are no yes. ticker tape parades during that time. No. So like the morning shift covered, you know, like sweet things going on at schools or whatever. Um, and then by the time I got there, it was like, four people are shot, go. <laughs> like, it wasn't like, I, th- I think the only nice thing I ever covered was some old ladies were knitting sweaters for kids who, it's very complicated. So that <laughs> when the police show up to a car accident and there are kids, to calm the kids down, they give them teddy bears. And so these old ladies at this nursing home were making sweaters to go on the teddy bears that the police give to kids at accident scenes. So that's only so that's now that I say it, not so nice. But that's like the sweet thing that I one only sweet story I covered. So, and it is underneath it all very sad. But <laughs> but because it was a crime reporting, you're saying those those grandmothers were shoplifting and as you arrested them, <laughs> they were also knitting sweaters for teddy bears. No, no. They were at a nursing home doing some sort of like... Legal activity. Legal. uh, uh, I would almost say like altruistic activity to help. uh, So like it was a very weird thing where they were like the elderly wanted to help and the police were like, I guess you could do this. But now that I say it, also, again, about like death underneath it all. So we we really (laughs) want we really want to help. Uh, 
I guess you could make some sweaters for these teddy bears. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Done. Done. So I, I, but, I also want I, I loved how as you started to tell that story, you're like, well, we did one nice story. It was about grandmothers, and they were knitting. <laughs> And then they went to horrible crime scenes. Right, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, it lost, yeah. I, I, you watched my face realize <laughs> yeah. what I was saying. Yeah, but mostly uh, I covered shootings and fires and uh, crimes. So uh, we should say, if people don't know you, they, I know there are only three of those humans. Stop. You are a very different, uh, in a very different career now from this. This is a major juxtaposition. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. I mean, I went, I, I started, I went to do comedy stuff. And then a lot of the stuff I'm sort of getting back into now is more drama. Like I'm, I'm working, I'm writing a, a comic book that is based on my time at the Globe. So uh, that is like we're in the draw the person's drawing it now so like I finished it and we're like in the drawing stages but that's like not f I mean it's funny cuz I think the characters are funny people but the premise of it is Very not dark. is like uh like a murder and dark and gruesome and whatever but like so I'm trying to get more into combining those two parts of me because I think I d thought for a long time only one can exist right so like even the podcast I do now bad with money that's not crime but it's it's very like journalism based and so I'm sort of like it's not pure comedy like there's interviews and research sure. and stuff so I'm like trying to figure out now uh, after all these years how to like make them coexist yes Time. have you ever wanted a pet mini horse that made you delicious peanut butter and fluff sandwiches every day for lunch no is, is that just me oh okay well how about a device you could just tell to do tons of crazy fun and exciting things and it just does it for you well, that's a real thing, and they're called Skills on Amazon Alexa. Skills are like apps for Alexa. No need to download or install these. And you can easily find some of the best skills by asking Alexa, Hey Alexa, what are your most popular game skills? On any Alexa-enabled device, what? You can use skills to do so many things. Maybe you want to listen to the big tall man take the bouncy ball and put it through a round net over and over. I think that's called Hoxie. Hey, Alexa, how can I listen to live basketball? Just kidding, it's basketball. Maybe you want to, like, brush up on your extensive English vocabulary and become a master of the English language, you know, like me. Tell Alexa to launch the SAT word of the day. Or maybe you want to send Flula Borg a question in German? Well, Alexa, open translated. Aufregend! Mm. Alexa can help you do so many things. All the things, like whatever you want to do, basically. Currently, there are over 30,000 skills. That is a lot, let me tell you. If you want to know them all, you can just go to Amazon.com skills or open the skills tab in your Amazon Alexa app. So try an Alexa skill today. Just say, Alexa, what are your popular game skills? To find some of the best game skills. That's skills with an S, not a Z. Boom. I have a suggestion for you. Yes. To incorporate your crime stories and experiences with a comic book. Yeah. I think you should also release a quilt. And the quilt <laughs> should be an animated comic that has been knitted by all of the, all grandmothers, of the grandmothers. The Bostonian grandmothers. Yeah. I should. It was also really, I remember that night, because they gave me a, a car. The Globe gave me a car. And I had a police radio. And what so I what would, kind of car? Like a shitty car. I had oh. to go check it out from like the garage. It's like a library. Perfect. Yeah. Like you had to sign in and they and then if it got I got in a fender bender one time in one, so they like had to know that you had it. It was a nightmare. Anyway, so I was I drove the car out to where they were and they were and it was like I had to and it was raining, like storming, storming, storming. So I'm driving this like beat up car 
in a storm up to like a lit. It looked like oh, like Rocky Horror, like the beginning of Rocky. Like it's a retire. It's a, a retirement nursing home. But it's lit, dog. But it's yeah. Uh, no, I guess it was lit in both regards. Okay, got it. Okay, <laughs> and and so like it's supposed to be this really nice, pure story of like we're gonna go talk to these grandmothers, but then like. The whole atmosphere of it was just like driving in the rain out on the outskirts of Boston to this like weird nursing home. And and I was like, this is not this. Even like the nice stories that you try to do are creepy. So dark. Yeah, <laughs> sounds very dark. Well, especially it's nighttime. Immediately scary things are happening in the nighttime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you and I used to have to take a the Globe would pay for a ca- taxi to take me home at 2 a.m. So I would like get out and this and a taxi would just take me to my house and I would fall asleep at like three. But you're just in a in a taxi at two AM and some guy's like, What do you do? And I'm like, I don't wanna no. chat with you, sir. Yeah. For many reasons. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just uh went to a barbecue where a bunch of people were shot. Do you wanna talk about that? And like he doesn't. He does not. <laughs> he does not. Did you bring a photographer with you also to these events? Not with me. Sometimes they would send one, like that would meet me there. I lied to my parents the entire time I was working there. I told them that I had a photographer with me, that I wasn't going to places alone. But um, that was a lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, for the record, you are not Brienne of Toth. You know, you are not no. physically imposing, well, maybe step off of this ninja warrior. No. And I was 20, maybe 19, 20 years old. Still colleging. Mm-hmm. Still in college, yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. And, but at the same time, you are doing comedy. I, w- I was yes, I was in a a comedy troupe. I was in a sketch troupe, but I wasn't super dedicated to it. Like I wasn't. Like I I was very involved in the newspaper, so I like was part of it and would like write sketches for them. But I wasn't. I wasn't on stage. I had this whole thing where I was like, I'm not an actor. Like I'm a writer. I'm not an actor. So I never wanted to be in anything, which like I could have been in so many sketches in college and like probably. I don't know, like gotten some experience that would have been worthwhile for right now. (laughs) But no, I and then I only started acting in sketches senior year because all the girls were older than me and they had graduated. And so if they needed like a mother or a girlfriend in a sketch, I had to do it. Oh, (laughs) mother or girlfriend. You know what I mean? Classic male comedy troupe situation. Oh, yes. Where they were like, so... Uh, obviously you're not the lead of any sketch, but if we need like a mom or a girlfriend to come in and be like real mean mm. to the cool guys in the sketch, like, can you do that? Yeah. Can you just be this object we've decided you are? <laughs> yeah. One- wonderful. Exactly. So you have, it's, you are saying in the beginning, you're trying to combine these two things. Yeah. Or, or is this true? You are trying to. Yeah, I would like, yeah, I'm trying to more in my career. Yeah. Is Bad With Money a podcast available immediately in all the places podcasts are? Bad With Money, starring Gabby Dunn, downloaded immediately. Thank you so much. This is the best, like, podcast host plugging I've seen ever. (laughs) Oh, wonderful news. So anyway, speaking of this wonderful podcast, Bad With Money, featuring Mm -hmm. Gabby Dunn, would you say it is a nice blending of kind of the journalism and the comedy that you are trying to blend? Yeah, I think yes, because it's it is like interviewing people and which is like what I the best part of what I like to do at the Globe. And then um it's got like a real world application where it's like, okay, it's gonna help people do something or it's for education or it's like getting to the root of an issue, which I really liked about journalism too. I liked uncovering or like getting all this information and then relaying it to people. So in the way that like they would actually want to 
you know, read it. Like a big thing was writing the leads of the story. So like how do you write the lead of something to like get someone hooked to read the rest of the story? Mm, yes. So that's kind of like a big part of doing any kind of show that's heavy in in information and research is like, okay, how do we make this not dry? How do we make people like want to keep listening to it basically? Um, and then, so yeah, so I think it's like the first thing I've done that's kind of a, a merging of the two. My dad would agree with you. My dad is always like, oh, I feel like this is the culmination of all of your stuff that you're, you know, nice. he's big into that. He likes that. He's oh, yeah. like, I'm, I think he's just like, thank, thank you for using your journalism degree mm. that we paid for. I really <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I understand this. It yeah. feels like, uh, cause I was listening to a John Oliver interview mm -hmm. uh, and what he's doing is absolutely combining some journalism and some mm -hmm. comedy times to make something more delicious to yeah. the viewer's ears and I eyes. I love his show. Yeah. Yeah. I, my favorite show growing up was The Daily Show. Like I oh, loved yeah. it. I thought it was just perfect. Did you intern at mm -hmm. The Daily Show? Yeah. When you did this, uh, did you also observe crimes and report them for the Boston Globe? <sighs> no. I okay. was away for the summer and I did the, the Daily Show internship. It was very jarring because I went to school. This is how stupid I am. I went to school for journalism and I was like, I'm going to get a journalism degree and then I'm going to work on The Daily Show. And then when I got the internship and I went to The Daily Show, everyone who worked there, like interns, everyone, everyone was like, we went to film school. And I was like, you did what now? <laughs> and they were like, you know, film school, because this is a television show. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, but, but did yes, this help you? It must have helped. Yeah. Um, Sort, sort, I guess, I don't know, sort of. I mean, I I'd certainly, I did the internship, but it wasn't like a very glamorous, I, like I think I got to go to the show like once or twice. And I was mostly in a different office building and doing sort of like, you know, grunt work or whatever. I, it's not like I was like, and now I will befriend Jon Stewart. Like that wasn't what happened. But it was like fun and, and nice. But I just, um, yeah, I, I didn't realize that the correspondents were comedians and actors. I thought that they were journalists. Yeah. So that was jarring. Yeah, <laughs> that, that I can imagine the shock. <laughs> well, I didn't realize, oh my God. Okay, so I loved stand-up comedy and I would watch it, but I didn't realize that till maybe I was 18 that stand-up comedians were their own thing. I thought you became so famous as an actor that they let you do stand-up comedy. Ah. So Seinfeld, his show was just doing so well. They're like, do you also want right. to do stand-up? Mm -hmm. Right. That's what I thought. <laughs> I think it's if you're not around that world, which I definitely wasn't growing up, I was very confused about what stand-up was and who those people were. And How where, did where they practice? How yeah, did yeah. they get on TV? No idea. How did people know who they were? Yeah. Right. But so and, and also, I will also say, when I first started watching The Daily Show, I thought those were news people that they had kind of trained. Thank you. Yeah, so at first. And then... Then I started like, wait, I've seen that guy on a comedy show, and I started to piece it together, but I it was my first instinct was that there were probably news people too. Right. So, you know, yeah. backing you up on some of your Thank original you. I would also say the first people that they cast were like very like standard white guy mm -hmm. caricature. Yeah. Like Steve Carell, Stephen Colbert, they all, uh, Cordry, they all kind yeah. of fit. A, oh, I could see this man doing the nightly news. Very different now, mm -hmm. of course, but yeah, I would imagine. Well, eventually I was trying to go to college in Chicago at first. I ended up in Boston, but when I got, when I went to Chicago, I uh, I was like, I think I've heard, because again, what is it? It's like two, tw 2005. So I was like, I think I've heard of a place called Second City. 
And so then I dragged my mom there, my dad. I dragged somebody, one of my parents there, and we went to see a show. And I was like, huh, well, it says that Stephen Colbert was here. And this is a comedy venue. Like, literally like that meme of the old lady doing math. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what was happening for me. <laughs> He's not reporting on this So this. Event. So when did he go to journalism school? <laughs> like, in, it, so, it took so long for me to put it together. So did you, but you did not move to Chicago or live in Chicago? No, I ended up, I, I, I didn't get into Northwestern, which is where I wanted to go. So then my second choice was Emerson, which was in Boston. So then I ended up going there. And then Boston was like a, a wonderful comedy city at the time. Like yeah. it was, it was, uh, the scene was nice when I was there. Um, and I met some like really good people. I met, do you know Josh Gondelman? Yo, yes. Yeah. So I met Josh Gondelman there and like a few people that ended up, I moved to New York shortly after school and then, and then like people that moved that are now, I think mostly in New York. But like it was, it was, it had, I mean, it's not like legendary like Chicago, I don't think, but it sure. like had its own, its own thing going on. Was this around the time uh, when you were in college that you started your website 100interviews.com? Why do you know so many things? <laughs> I have, I've played Trivial Pursuit last night. And no. There, there Did were, you read my Wikipedia there are two page? Your what? Did you read my Wikipedia page? No, I go to fourth and fifth sources. So I visited the Library of Congress. Yeah. In, <laughs> then I visited the uh, New York Library of Congress Central in Albany. Uh -huh. uh, the fourth floor has two shelves dedicated to the Dunn family. Oh, that's that's rough. <laughs> yeah, it was some of the things were very scary. Very scary, yeah. yeah. yeah some of your crime scene photographs. <laughs> uh, there was one box of just a teddy bear sweaters, which I thought was really <laughs> exciting. Uh, wait, but so I tried to visit 100interviews.com. No, it's, I, I'm getting rid. I, it's well, like someone did not pay the monies on the domain name. I did not. Oh. I did not because I am a, not embarrassed of it, but I'm a little bit like, oh, boy, because it's like a 22-year-old's diary. But it was interviews with 100 humans in a year. So, yeah, yeah. So let's, let's this step was, back for a yeah. second. Oh, so yeah, what, okay. what was the What was the initial goal of this project that this you set up? This was right after... Right after college, I went to New York and I uh, tried to have a job and that was not going well. <laughs> and um, and so I started a website called 100 Interviews where I was going to interview 100 people in a year. And I was just kind of doing it for myself. And, and they are interviews, but it's also like I write about like what's going on with me in my life and like how this is going and whatever, how this person relates to me. Um, it's it's very like you know twenty two year old like over dramatic like I'm sure the writing is bad I don't know but um, people liked it and then it somehow got written about in the Village Voice and that's when it like kind of took off and then I was like oh fuck now people are reading this I have to actually finish but it and then I got a job so I had a full time job and this blog and it took me I mean it was like it ate up my life for like a year I just didn't do anything else. Um, and like traveled on weekends to meet people and like it was just crazy. And then um, and then I, I did end up finishing it. Uh, and then that was how I got my first literary agent. And then we tried to sell it as a book and it nobody bought it. So then I got dropped, you know, classic story. Um, but at the time I was like, OK, cool. But now I'm so glad it wasn't a book because I, I had this whole thing in my head of like, oh my God, I have to succeed by this age. Like I have to be so, I have to be so successful. What but age, like, what age was that? It wasn't even like any particular oh, age. Just a I was like 22. And then I I started freelancing from the website. I started freelancing for the, the New York Times Magazine. And so I would always in my head be like, 
wow, I'm writing for the New York Times and I'm 23. And I would like think of, I would attach every accomplishment to like an age. Yes. Which guess what? Doesn't matter. No. And so, uh, so like, I, yeah, so I was so like, I have to have a book out by this age, blah, blah, blah. And I was so devastated that it didn't work out. But now I'm 30 and I'm like, if a book was out about stuff I thought at 22, <laughs> I would have to go to every Barnes and Noble and burn it. <laughs> so you're saying it is a good thing this did not become a book and that you have not renewed your fees with <laughs> GoDaddy.com. I'm just, yes. And I'm glad that, I, I'm glad that like, I, I was I was in a rush, but like, this is so my dad, but like that the universe was like, man, eh, let's, let's cool it. Yeah. Let's let's not take a, take a break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think about often how I am so glad that I'm just old enough that the the first videos that I made and I think Flula would agree with me on the, some of the first songs you made. I'm so glad they're not on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like I lucked out because mm -hmm. the 15-year-old version of me would have been uploading everything to right. YouTube like right away. And there oh, are yeah. things that I'm so, I can see them in my head right now, and I'm so glad they're. Not I had out live there. journals. I had zangas. I had like my writing was everywhere. As soon as I realized I was getting any sort of like YouTube fame, I yanked it all. Right. I was like, Guy, get this out of here. <laughs> Sorry, what is a zanga? Oh, well, uh, it's a blog, but it's like for oh. emo musings. An emo musings blog. Yeah. Is it like a website like blogspot.com? Yes. Oh, it was a specific website to visit. Yeah. And and Live Journal and Zanga and Greatest Journal and Dead Journal. There was a million of them. And you did all of this? Yeah. Whoa. That's and a I lot. Wrote, oh, man. I wrote such dumb stuff. <laughs> like, really dumb. I, I, a lot of it is locked up or, or, uh, locked up. Yeah, like I locked it or I deleted it or whatever. But oh, okay. I meant, yeah, we what? both thought you meant physically, like yes. in a closet. Oh no, somewhere. no, no! Yeah, yeah. I do feel bad because when I graduated from college, I went home and threw out a lot of like journals and diaries and drawings and stuff. Yeah. Which you know, I'm like, ah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I agree. You can auction off your juvenilia for so much money, <laughs> but oh, yes. I, but I also was like, well, it would have been interesting to see. Some of it I've kept, yeah. but some of it I'm like, I got rid of. And now I'm like, oh, that would have been funny to keep probably. Sometimes. I, I, I wonder, should I have my juvenilia ready to show everyone? Like, would I would love for them to see my- <laughs> Ready to auction. My juvenilia. Is that a real word? <laughs> yes. That is a wonderful word. Yeah, it's an artist's work from when they were a kid. Oh, it's called juvenilia. I love this so much. <laughs> it's better than my first word I just learned this morning, churlish. What's churlish? Like if you're being a little rude, I think. Oh, yeah. cool. No, juvenilia has now replaced churlish. That's your favorite word now? Well, it's every day. It will, it will change every day. People will love if you use juvenilia. Oh, I'm, I will tweet about it today. <laughs> I will find a way to use it. Well, here's my question to you is, do you think that working as a reporter and also forcing yourself to do a blog and having all these sort of deadlines, whether they're external or internal has helped you now that you're doing a podcast and writing books that you now force yourself to just churn things out. You can't be too precious about things because I found from my own experience doing like I did a, ta a daily TV show at one point, Whoa. you just, you learn to just finish something, move on. And I have to mm -hmm. think that working as a reporter, that was your first lesson in that. Oh yeah. Cause it goes out the next day, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I always say it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. Like everything is sort of, I like not having time to second guess. So like everything is, I like that everything has a, a deadline 
And so like this book, like I have a Bad With Money book coming out in January and I went through it. I mean, I went through it a billion zillion times and I still like I, I finished finished quote unquote in January and then I went through it again in April after like edits and I was like, who wrote this garbage? <laughs> And then I fixed it and then I like went back and then fixed it some more. And then I just got like a galley to like go over and send more edits. And as I'm reading the galley, I'm like, this is trash. Like I'm like (laughs) trying to like, so then I fix that. And then I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I think it's good now. Like it's all right. But if I had more, and I think it's like, and other people, by the way, like my girlfriend and everyone else is just like, it's really good. And I'm like, is it? And so, but if I had the time, if I had endless amounts of time, like if it was never going to come out, I could just nitpick it to death. So, so I'm glad that like someone else gets to go like, this is going out this day, like you're done. And so I have to, yeah, I think like people get really in their own way about making something be perfect and it's never going to be perfect and you just have to keep putting stuff out and then if it's not perfect you go well the next one I'll know for next time like even like I'm sure with with the film like you watch it and you're like I could have done this I could have done that could have done that and everyone watching it is like what that seems great and but like there are so many straight white dudes in this town who have movies that in their minds or that they've shot and they'll never edit them, they'll never shoot them, whatever it is, because they're like, it's not perfect. And like, they'll never get to the next level that you're at, which is like, I finished a feature film, I'm a feature film director, I can say that. I like have have it had it in a respectable festival. Like, but there's these guys that like wanna be, I'm using you as an example, like would wanna be where you are and they like can't get out of their own way of like, well, if it's not perfect, no one should see it. Shut up. Like you just have to you just have to finish it and then you go, you know what, the next one I'll know for next time. Quick side note, the film we are speaking about is uh, written, directed, produced and edited by Alex Simmons. It's called Buddy Moon, starring Dave Gentoli and Flula Borg. Gabby was there to visit along with it. a very good, perhaps best friend. I won't, I, who knows what ranking saw. <laughs> uh, Alison Raskin observed this film. Oh yeah, we went to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we are speaking about. Thank you for those kind words, Gabby. I'm just saying that, like, I think there's a lot of people in in entertainment and maybe in other jobs, too, who just never do the thing because it's not going to be perfect. A lot of my stuff, like, who knows if it's good? I just got to keep doing it. Like, the comic book, like, we just finished, I just finished it, and I think all the time, like, is this any good? And then I go, I don't know, like, it's moving forward, so I guess it's fine, like, and I'm I'm happy about I can only do the best that I can within like the constraints and I can I can make it be the thing that I want, which is like I want it to be queer. I want it to be like cool. I want it to have a strong female lead. Like I can only control what I'm doing. And then like it just goes out into the world and that's it. Like your art just it's you can't micromanage it's how it's perceived. So so okay, that's true. You're done. Boom time. Boom time. Ringy, dingy, dingy, what's that? Hello? Oh, it's Ting. Ting does mobile phone services differently because Ting has no startup fees, no contracts, no plans. And best of all, you can only pay for what you are using. Was? Exactly. Nationwide LTE coverage means you'll have a great network coverage from coast to coast. And the mountains as well. Any place. Almost any phone will work with Ting. From that ancient Motorola Razor. Do you remember this, Alex? The Razor? It reminds me of like, I don't know, like Indiana Jones. You know, he's there like, oh, well, watch out, we're being attacked. Let me call J- J- Timmy. <laughs> 
So you could use that Motorola razor in your basement or even the latest Galaxy S9 or iPhone X. Ting has reliable customer service. You can talk to an actual human being when calling in zero machines, Alex. Was? Oh, yes. Get $25 off your bill or $25 off a new phone in the Ting shop. Do you know where that is, Alex? Yeah. Boom.ting.com. Oh, wunderbar. Thank you. Time. But what about what about your view of it? Because I can think if I'm looking at something, I'd always, oh, it's it still is not so great. I mm -hmm. still don't like it. How do you know when you're like, screw it? I have to, it's done now. Is it because a deadline exists and someone says, please, I need this in my hands today? Yeah, it's because a deadline exists, but also I don't, I, I don't want things to have a negative impact or incorrect information or anything like that. So... I so like, you know, I wasn't going to say, oh, fuck it, the book is done if I thought like it didn't properly express like my message or my or my brand or my, you know, what I want to get across with the book. So like I, I do want to make sure it hits those marks. And then, you know, like I'm excited about it coming out. I'm excited like for for other projects, but like for the comic book, you know, like I, when I get sent pages of someone having drawn what I wrote, I'm like whoa, that's incredible because yeah. I can't draw for shit. So I'm like, this is amazing. Well, you don't know. You just threw them all away. You, 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 you tossed your juvenilia. We will never know. That's true. Maybe I can draw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so like I, I think I just, it's part deadline and part like I've done the best that I can. I'm not saying don't put effort in. I'm not saying don't try to make it perfect. Like definitely try, which is what I do. But at a certain point, it's out of your hands. Yeah. Well, it is interesting. I always think about this as you are getting older, humans, not you, just sure, everybody. Yeah. You okay. are also a human. I mean, all the people. Mm -hmm. You are now, your your uh, opinion, your taste is, is improving a little bit. At least for me, like I look at my old things. I like, oh, this is very bad. But mm -hmm. in the moment, I thought this was, you know, like a B plus. Now <laughs> it is a double F. <laughs> So it is almost, do you find it is more difficult now that you are uh, having some experience and some more in the quotey fingers taste to make things? I think I was more, I think I'm more discerning now. Like at the, I think I look back on old stuff and I think I let collaborators say that they, they wanted something a certain way. And I, and I, now I like wouldn't give in or I wouldn't, or like if I, I had a, people I worked with who I was like, they they have my best interests at heart. And then guess what? They did not have my <laughs> best interests at heart. Crazy in Los Angeles. Shock. Um, so yeah, I think I'm more decisive now. But it's interesting because you you have to make decisions on things that you that you're like, maybe this doesn't like if someone's like, what color should this character's hair be? And you're like, who who I don't I don't know. But you Is have it to br just brown? Yeah, you okay. have to just know, like you have to like make a choice. And then, but then when it comes back and it looks wrong to you, then you're like, oh, no, no, no. Like, and then you do have an opinion about this thing that prior to that seemed, why would I care? Right. So now it's like, you're. I think I've grown to like have more, it's not like taste, it's just like decisiveness or like mm. vision of like, this is what it needs to look like. Yeah. I Which like I, it. you would never... I mean, like, I we just had a meeting about a TV thing, and they were talking about the opening titles. And I they were like, so what do you think it should look like? And I, like, the most I could think, I was like, green? <laughs> and they were like, okay. 
And then they kind of the people asked more questions. And as they like asked more questions and gave more suggestions, I was like, oh, well, not that. And then I was like, hey, look at me discerning yeah having opinions having opinions but you but like i think i would have been steamrolled earlier in my career yeah. so that's interesting that is good yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't i think my some of my old stuff sometimes i'm like that was better <laughs> yeah I, oh yeah. no that's okay yeah sometimes it's what you say lightning in a, in a rucksack and mm-hmm. you have to just catch it Mm-hmm. Let it stay. Yeah, and, and if you're not so hard on yourself, or you you sometimes might surprise yourself, you know. And I think mm-hmm. when you're younger, you're just like I'm. I'm really creative, and I'm just gonna go for this thing. And then arrogant. I was so arrogant. Right, but it's a little helpful sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. More decisive now, but way less arrogant. <laughs> but I was like, just I like think. Yeah, I was super arrogant when I was younger, and I want to go back and be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you haven't earned this at all. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, I have. We have not spoken about it specifically. Your podcast, Bad with Money. Yeah. Well, you did a, an amazing double plug. I think. Hey, and, this, uh, and also, yeah. Since we're now on that topic, you mentioned this before, but you have a book based a little bit off the podcast. Yeah. Called Bad with Money: The Imperfect Art of Getting Your Financial Sh Blank Together. Yeah. Written by Gabby Dunn. Wow. Coming out in January of 2019. Yes. So much research, you guys. Right? We yeah. both went into the dark web and also to the New York State, where did we go? Penitentiary. Penitentiary. <laughs> the Library, Library of, Congress. of Congress. Yes. Yes. And uh, the Dunn folders. Mm-hmm. Um, your podcast. Yeah. Why? Here's what I want to know. And this is what I, hopefully you'll have an answer. Why am I so afraid to talk about money? Why does it make me so uncomfortable? Because oh. I just dislike it. And, uh, I, and well, I don't think I'm alone. Embarrassment. Yep. Stigma. Judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one likes to feel foolish. Nope. Uh, don't, everyone has this re- reflective, like, don't, t- reflexive, like, don't tell me what to do. Um, and so I think it's, and also it feels so convoluted that you're like, you know what you need. It's almost like when somebody tells you a nutrition plan. Like, you know, like, you get, like, yes, vegetables. Like, I get it. But you're also just like, stop. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want them to, you're like, I get it. I'm going to die. It's good for me. Like, I'm going to get diabetes. But then you're like, I don't want to hear it. It's it's Because <laughs> you know it yeah. in the back of your mind. It's the advice that you kind of already know yeah. is what makes you the angriest. Yes, correct. I, I get furious. <laughs> right. Furious about it. Um. So, yeah. So, I mean, I would cry about money all the time, just nonstop crying. Um, and I think like it, it's talk, pe- but the problem is, is that you don't want to hear that information because it's given to you with a condescending, bullying tone. And it's like, well, why would you listen to that anyway? And it's also given to you from people who are like trying to be aspirational rather than relatable. So they're like, hi, I know better than you. I own a jet now. Um, fuck yourself. Uh, here's <laughs> what you should do to be like me. Uh, and and it makes you feel bad. And I think like we're all in this together and it's also so isolating. And that's why like no one talks to each other because I, this is my like tinfoil hat moment. I think that we are purposefully kept in the dark about this stuff so that people at the top can succeed and can like trump us, you know, for y- y- use of that word pun intended. And so like- I'm sorry, I don't understand the pun. That's great. Yep. Wow. Are you so? It's 2018. Something bad happened two years ago. I no. At, 
Whenever that happens, I erased <laughs> my memory and I'm living in an alternate universe. We're speaking, right now. of course, about Grimm, the TV show being canceled. That's yes, what we're talking about. That's for yeah. you, David. Yeah. I still think season seven should have happened. Did that happen on the same exact day? Of as what? It, Great. It was actually. Very, wow, perfect. Yeah, that's. Oh, yeah, of what? I got broken up with three days before he was elected. So it was a bad week. It's a bad week. Yeah. I was on the set of Grimm on election night. And it was a shut up. Yeah, I was, and it was um, like ninety-seven percent of the crew was very clearly for Hillary, and the other three percent were very clear the other way. And it was an awkward night because yeah. we were all like shooting Whoa. a monster, monster scenes. And I, it, I was just and watching. Meanwhile, I was just hanging out. The America was a monster scene. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Um, well, anyway, anyways, so it's yeah. all. So it's it's all. Um, we're very. I mean, it is political. Like we're very kept. In the status quo. It's okay. So I agree. There's almost no economic mobility conservative, in this country. Anyone who's conservative politically, conservative means they like to keep things the way they are. Right. And I think part of that is financially and, and definitely like fi- financial is, rules are written in a way that are complex on, on purpose. purpose, for sure. But there is this thing where I think um, low income conservative people view like they think, well, one day I'll be wealthy. So I should support, like, you know, lower taxes for rich people or whatever. Um, And it's so misguided and it goes against their best interests. Um, And so, like, there's this thing where, like, the people that would benefit the most from revolution and change are the ones who don't want to do it. And then the other side of that is the people that do want to do it who are low income or otherwise, like, marginalized people – they're, they have to work long minimum wage jobs. They do not have the time to be out in the streets. You know, they're if they are out in the streets, they're more likely to be arrested. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like this, like, double-edged sword that just keeps everything. I mean, right now, like, housing costs, healthcare costs, like, everything. And then we, we internalize the shame. That's the problem. Is that instead of going, hey, this is messed up, like, this all needs to be changed. What can – and also, so, like, the book is a mix of, like – and the podcast is like a mix of like, what can I do to like fix all the all this stuff in the world? And how can I also better my own personal situation and like make sure that I'm not drowning? And so and so both of those need to go at the same time. But a lot of financial advice is just sort of like, you're an idiot. Mm. And then you internalize and you stay and you because data has shown that the people that can help you the most financially are people within your same community. So like um, you know, the queer community, the black community, whatever it is, and then people within your same community, literally living wise. So like your neighbor, because you probably have similar costs and rent and similar living costs, your neighbor can probably give you the best tips of anyone. But everyone just listens to some like screeching person on CNBC telling you from like the back of their diamond encrusted boat or whatever what to do, you know? So yeah, and I, I think what I found most refreshing about your podcast is that right up front, you say, I did things wrong at first, or I don't, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I still about. have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, or you point, you know, the anecdote that I heard um, on an episode I listened to was you're talking about how you just took advice blindly from your parents, which is what a lot of people do. And then yeah. at one point you're like, oh, this doesn't make sense. No, they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. They're terrible with money. Yep. Right, which is what, but most people do that. Most people just mm-hmm. kind of blindly take advice from someone. Oh my God, if yeah. your parents were good with money, you're so ahead of the curve. Like friends of mine who are just like, I had my own bank account at 15. My parents taught me, my the dad's an accountant. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> yeah. what is that like? Help. <laughs> no, my parents are a mess. Right. 
And we just inherited some money because my grandmother passed away and and like it's already a nightmare. Like I, whatever. He is he gonna listen to this? I don't know. And my dad was like immediate. Like we have like so much debt. And my dad was like, I think I might get a new car. And I'm like, I'm gonna come to Florida and punch you in the face. <laughs> like that's what we're dealing with here. You know what I mean? It is weird. It's a philosophy thing, yep. which is so confusing to me that it would be this when it feels like there are some very clear answers. Like don't buy two boats if you are in debt. Right. You know, like I but have an people, uncle who doesn't know that. Well, my parents, I mean, I talk about this on the show. My parents have a very sort of hippy dippy, new agey, like you can't take it with you, man. So let's just like money doesn't mean anything. So let's just spend it. You know, what matters is like the dust of the universe or whatever. I don't know, whatever they think. So it's very <laughs> like, it's very like life's not about money, man. So like then they just spend it because they want to, they want to be happy. Do they speak with, do they end many sentences with man? I'm just curious because I would love this if your parents really spoke this way. Uh, sometimes my dad does. Oh, I like it. Yeah. He's, they're they're very hippy dippy. And my mom also like w is so great. And she like when we were growing up would do anything for us to be happy. But that ended up in a bunch of loans yeah. that like didn't need to be taken out. Is there something, so you've, I've, many of your episodes, there's been some about cryptocurrency and, mm -hmm. and, and real dollars and cents and other things. Across all of these episodes, is there something that always comes up like a theme? A yeah. tricky question, I know. No, I mean, the thing that comes up is, is a lot of times is like that it's systemic and personal. That like you can... Because sometimes I'll get emails where people are where like people are like, you always say that like the system is is incorrect. And that just makes and this is huge in money stuff uh, in the money media world where it's like and that just makes people like have a victim mentality and you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And like and I was like, well, you can be aware that shit is fucked up and and also better your own situation. But you can't like this. There's this thing of like oh, well, I'm going to climb over everyone's dead body to get to the top. And the people that are the dead bodies I'm climbing over, like, sucks to suck. And that, like, really doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. But a lot of times I'll get emails, even, like, I'll get emails from, my, uh, like, minorities, other, you know, other queer people or, or other minorities that are like, well, I managed to climb my way at, you know, like, I managed to better myself. So I don't understand why other queer people or other black people or other Latino people can't do the same thing. And it's like, oh, you're one of those. Hmm. You know what I mean? You're one of those who, like, thinks that because you did it, there's no, that racism's over. <laughs> yeah. Well, Barack Obama was reelected. So right. racism's so, gone. So racism's done. Yeah. It's like, it's like if I thought, like, oh, I'm... I'm doing well in entertainment, so there's no problem in entertainment with queer people. Right. That's it's... so myopic, but that's kind of how mon a lot of people view money. It's like, yeah. I'm doing okay, so there's no problem. Well, everyone is. It's in. You're, it's very difficult to take your brain and place it in other brains since you just assume, oh, everyone should be like me. Have you tried that? I mean, in my dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was lighting my salt lamp and listening... Uh, <laughs> to some uh, Gregorian chants last night and then I ended up... That sounds a... incredible. P piano version. Piano version, yeah, yeah. which is very confusing because <laughs> monks don't play piano. So it's yeah. a very ping, bong, bong. It was lots of not good uh, <laughs> piano fortissimo songs. Should we do the final questions? Yes. Time! Alex, I have a very important question for you. Please ask it now. Did you know that every single episode of Boom Time is now available on Spotify? 
Are you serious? Oh, I'm not joking. This is not a jest, Alex. Yes, the same app that has millions of songs also now has thousands of podcasts, including ours, a boom time. Amazing. I agree, just like Spider-Man. On Spotify, you can listen to all your favorite shows. And of course, <clears throat> a boom time. All you need to do is type boom time in the search, tap follow, and what what? You get the same sassy, delicious boom time that you're listening to now, as well as other episodes. I'm so excited. You are like my hype man. I like it. Podcast on Spotify. They're streaming right now. And when else, Alex? Also right now. Exactly. Spotify. You did it. Time. Capitan, uh, at the end of every Boomtime episode, there is a series of questions. Sure. Uh, the rule is your brain cannot be activated. You must just say the words that are coming directly from your gullet. Lightning round. Yep, yep. Let's, okay, I okay. Can, yep, why, why are you talking so quietly? I don't know. I like it. <laughs> I just felt... Because he was just talking about salt lamps and Gregorian chants, and we're all going to sleep after this. Yeah. Capitan... Um, <laughs> You can change your mind in five seconds, but you have already said the answer, so it's too late. So you just let it go. You say it, you spray it, don't say it. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Gabby no, Dun yes, just kidding. Okay. Capitan, what is the most Florida thing about you? Probably that I think RVs are luxurious. I love it. <laughs> what is the most Florida thing about Florida? That you can shoot alligators with handguns legally. What is the most Florida thing about Flow Rider? Uh, I guess the the club beats in his songs. Beats with the S or Z, just to clarify. With an S. Okay. Name a movie you did enjoy as a child. Oh, a movie I did enjoy. Yes. Um, my best friend's wedding with Julia Roberts. <laughs> Great. Great. Uh, is that with Richard Gere and she's running around no, from the barn? No, that's Runaway Bride. This is with um, Dermot Mulrooney and her, one of the Mulrooney Dermots and Dylan McDermott. Dermot, Dylan McDumbles. And then yep. Julia Roberts. And they make a pact to get married if they're not married. They're not friends. And they make a pact uh, to get married if they're not married by 28, which, P.S., they are 20. I used to think they young. were ancient when I was a yes. kid. They are 28 in that movie. Did they get married? No. Did they make love? Mm-mm. Did they? Okay, sorry. I don't want to ruin the film. <laughs> Continuing on, what is the worst financial advice that you have ever received? Uh, me, oh, me personally? Yes. Oh, well, one thing that came to mind was uh, during one of the elections, Mitt Romney told a bunch of kids that they should just borrow $10,000 from their parents and start a business. Cool. Pretty tone deaf. Thanks, Mittens. <laughs> If you had to live the rest of your life as a bird, which would it be? Mine would be a penguin because I love bathing in cool, not lukewarm waters. Nice. Uh, a toucan or a parrot? Well, so, which a tro one? tropical bird. Parrot. A parrot. Toucan. Yeah. Suck it, toucan. Sorry. Stay on that Fruit Loop box. What is a job you would like me to have, Gabby? You? Yes. <sighs> Pediatrician. Is that where you give vitamins to people? No, it's where you're a doctor for children. Oh, it's a terrible... Okay, all right. <laughs> We've just increased the mortality rate of perfectly healthy children. If you could travel back in time and dine with a Tyrannosaurus Rex, why? Dine? Yes. Why? Well, 
I guess they have really small arms, so we would both be just eat with our like pecking at the plate with our faces, and that'd be a cool challenge. That could be a fun challenge. Also, now there's a plate in ancient times. There is just a single plate. I guess I said peck at the plate, so I stand by it. No, you created it. Yep. We just made history. And then I've gone the back in time you. and invented the plate. Now oh. I'm a billionaire. Oh, Smokey Jones! <laughs> it's now called the Dun. It is. Yeah. I'm very excited to have a big done of brownies <laughs> after this podcast. Gabby, a question? Yeah. Blue or blue? Uh, blue. Okay. Uh, which quality do you most admire in bread? Um, buoyancy. You floated on some bread? No, but just if it seems like it's lightweight. Yeah. I immediately imagined a Leonardo DiCaprio holding a <laughs> loaf of rye as the Titanic. Sinking yes. as it gets soggy. Yes. And he's yeah. like, I should have chosen a larger loaf. What is your favorite curse word? Mm, oh, what just came to mind was cunt, but I don't use it that often. I probably say fuck the most. Okay. Yeah. I accept That's this. so basic. Desert? And if yes, why? Yes. And uh, because it seemed, it's just relaxing to see all that vastness. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. You just feel like, oh, I'm small and nothing I do matters and this is okay. Like, similar to the ocean. Hmm, but less drowning. But, uh, do you, can you drown in sand? You might, you might can. Depends on how much bread you have. I recently, That's right. Yeah. That's right. If you have oh, bread with you. Oh, call we, back. I you think we have drown. to stop it there. <laughs> oh, Alex Simmons. Gabby Dunn, thank you so very much for boom timing with us. Thank you for having me. It's so lovely to see you. You as well. Everyone, check out Bad With Money and stay tuned for Bad With Money, The Libro. Hey, which will be available in the Library of Congress mm. <laughs> under Dunn. Yes, check your local listings. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, time! Oh, wow. And also, wow. What a wonderful time with Gabby Dunn on this episode of Boom Time. I had a delicious time. Alex, uh, has the perspiration on your shirt dried now that we've spoken about money and taken away some of your fears? Yes, I had changed shirts and uh, Gabby sort of uh, talked me through a few things and now I feel better. Oh, wonderful. 401ks. Yeah, 401k. Okay. I guess. I, actually, IRA. I'm an IRA guy. IRA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People think we are speaking about a new uh, Irish rope throwing association. No. I don't know I, so saying. IRA is a great way to invest your money. Oh, okay. And do that. Not the Irish Republican Army, which is a an, terrorism if group. If you're going to invest in one of the two, I... I recommend the financial version. Not the one based in Northern Ireland. Again. Wonderful. Less, Probably less of a return rate. Got it. Speaking of return rates, let's return to something we do every week on Boom Time. Food notes. So my first footnote is that you have a footnote, which is about Salt Peanuts, the song. Yes. Oh, and Kevin also is nodding. Mm -hmm. Would you like... Oh, well, take it. No, take. no, by all means. Okay, so as a child, I always like to listen to the song because it's like jazzy. And then in the middle, everyone just says, salt peanuts, salt peanuts. And when I did this in the podcast, you and Gabby looked at me like I had like a gremlin on my forehead. Well, let's rewind. Here's what happened. We were talking about music and jazz. And then you just started saying, salt peanuts, salt peanuts. And we didn't know what context you were yelling well, those it, two things you, in. You we said, just... You said jazz. 
jazz, and you just talked peanuts, peanuts, salt, peanuts, and I thought maybe you were having a bit of an issue. That, that's like if you say, "Hey, oh look at that basketball," and I'm like, "Oh, Michael Jordan dunking," and everybody knows. No, it would be like, "Hey, look at those guys playing basketball." James Worthy, James Worthy, James Worthy. So, yeah, also okay. a very good basketball player. That's also true. played for University of North Carolina. But different than saying, "Oh, Michael Jordan is very good." You, you, again, no context was given. Well, I would have, and I would not have said James Worthy, James. Worthy. I would have said Big Game James <laughs> is what I would have said for the record. Uh, Kevin. Well, to build on your your thought there, that it's just for the back backstory. It's a uh, a bebop tune reportedly composed by Dizzy Gillespie in 1942. So he was spot on. And I thought maybe it was also a connection to the salt lamp and the jazz ah, come full circle there. Nice. So, yeah. Yes, I did. Uh, so when we had a pee pee break, I did find a video of uh, Dizzy Gillespie. With a, by the way, if no one knows who is Dizzy Gillespie, Google immediately this uh, jazz legend and also Google image him during playing of the trumpet. Mm -hmm. It is. A mace, as you say, a maze town. And I'm going to give a footnote on the footnote. Um, Ew. I like to try to bring up Moscow, Idaho, my hometown, every podcast, because why not? So far, so good. And a little no thing about Moscow, Idaho, it has one of the biggest jazz festivals in the world. And I've seen Dizzy Gillespie play live at the Moscow, Idaho Kibbe Dome. It's also where the University of Idaho Vandals play. And so that's amazing that it's, I saw that as a child in Moscow, Idaho. It's not Dizzy Gillespie is not the typical fair of Northern Idaho, and it was it was amazing. He was incredible. I can still picture it now. His cheeks are, you know, national treasure. Obviously, is this the part where we reveal to our listeners that you are a member of the Moscow Chamber of Commerce, and your lifelong dream is to become the mayor of Moscow in twenty one years? I would love to be a member of the Chamber of Commerce, but. A mayor of a town, to me, sounds like the worst job in the world. That sounds like my biggest fears. Worse than talking about money. Kevin, <laughs> Sorry, you, now I'm the, having the coughing thing. Made you sad. Yeah. Kevin, you are nodding vigorously. Do you have mayors in your family history? Uh, my mom used to work for the town hall of Shanahan, Illinois. Uh, and that's about as far as it goes. Sorry, Shanahan? Shanahan, where the rivers meet. Oh, is that says when you walk, welcome to Shanahan, dot, 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 yep. where the rivers Next meet. Right. Yep. And, we, yeah. and it's not where the rivers meet, like where the river apostrophe S-M-E-A-T, where where you mean where the river is meat, and it's like... No. <laughs> the, the, it's not like an it's edible... It's where three rivers come together. Oh, is there a stadium one. there? <laughs> no. Okay. There's a couple of rivers. Got it. Well, few, actually. I'm very excited to go to Shanahan. 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 Yes. Where the river is meat. Oh, do we have more footnotes? I have one other one. Please. Uh, Gabby referenced uh, my best friend's wedding. And just to clarify, the actor she referenced was, in fact, Dermot Mulroney, not one of his brothers. Oh, does he have brothers? Are these like the Baldwins of... of I had not heard of them previously, but I recognize him. And yeah, apparently he has brothers that act as well. Ah, wow. And one of them is Dylan McDermott? No. She just said this. Okay. These names sound very... So Colin, Colin McDermott... Mulroney. Dermot Mulroney. So, Flu, I don't know yes. if you know this, but if someone's name sounds like someone else's name, it doesn't mean they're related. It does mean... That doesn't mean they're related? No. Are you sure? I'm trying to think of a good example. Well, uh, Chris Isaac... And Isaac Hayes? Exactly. That would be an example. They're not related. But one of them wrote the song Wicked Game. So that doesn't make them related. And the other man is a legend of music as well. Mm -hmm. They're not... No. Yeah, and they both are musicians. Yes. And they both have 
Isaac in their name spelled differently. Have you seen their genealogy.com accounts? I have. I have it right here. Oh. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no relation. No. It's below no relation. No. Okay. So that's footnotes. Wonderful. Oh, now. <laughs> I, I was going to say one about salt lamps, and I was trying to read this CNN article about salt lamps. And, and then you fell asleep. Yeah. But, I mean, basically, it's like CNN is like, here's, here's, the, here's the headline. There's been no major studies that say if it's good for you or not. So dot, that's it. That's as far as they got. Oh, okay. That's not really that exciting. That right? sounds they like. They look cool, though. Have you ever seen one? No. It just looks like an orange rock that somehow has a light inside it. Oh. And I'm going to show you a picture of one, and I encourage listeners to Google salt lamp. Or oh, just, salt lamp. If you have yes. one, just turn and look at it. Mm. Um, or lick it. Or lick it, yeah. If you're a deer yeah. and you uh, are into salt licks. And boom time. Then, you should purchase our new boom time-shaped salt lick salt lamp, available only on... Saltlamp.com slash boom time. Boom time. Check it out. Not a sponsor. There probably is a salt lamp. Dot com, and we, we don't promote it. No, whatever it is. Yeah, I don't even. Who knows where it goes? If, yeah, especially if it's like a neo-fascist right-wing website. That would be an example of something that we don't promote. We would not promote something. Footnote: like this. There is a saltlamp.com. <laughs> okay, okay. it's just about salt lamps. Great. It's, it's safe. Right. You're welcome, uh, domain name owner of saltlamp.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the final section: fan mail. What? Oh, what an exciting fan mail we have uh, this week. Fan question. Yes. This comes from Spencer P. Oh, yes. What are your thoughts about lawnmowers? Lawnmowers? Lawnmowers. I, I think that a lawnmower is a... My, my story about... I would tell you. I think a lawnmower is a fine time, but my father hates lawnmowers like anyone hates like anything that they hate. So he is the most peaceful, happy person in the world. He loves like dandelions and petunias and Barbara Streisand, and he's very kind. But if he sees in the distance a lawnmower going, he will stop all the activities and tell the man to stop mowing the lawn, even if the lawn is requiring a mowing. He just hates lawn mowing so much, he has no logic when he sees one. Great. You ready for another one? Yes. Don yes. asks Flula, is your accent really that pronounced? I do try to pronounce everything I say. If I slurry wordies, it's because I've had too many whiskeys or beers. So, apology. Please tweet me if you hear me not pronounce. Well, well, so a lot of people, what they don't know is Flula is pretending to be German, and he's actually an old Western cowboy. That's very true. Who actually sounds like this. Shenandoah Valley. I thought, I thought you had taken... The, just the first part of the word I said, and you were being a cow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shenandoah Valley yeah. took me by surprise. Uh, yeah, so that was a very great question. And yes, I'm definitely a cowboy. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Wow, wonderful. Well, this has been a very excellent uh, episode of Boom Time. If you'd like to see more of Boom Times, go and subscribe, you hot lady or man or anything in between or above or below, or unicorns, all the animals and species. Also, if you have a television and have Disney, the channel, check me out on Tangled. I play some of the lorbs. That was a real, that's real. I'm not making that up. A lorb? A lorb. A lorb. No, lorb. L-O-R-B. I play a family of leaves. A leaf? A is leaf. a lorb a real... Not like the Nissan. We mean like leaves like, oh, a tree is bored. Let me shake some things on the floor. 
Is a lorb a real word? Yeah, well, no. Yeah, well, no? It's not, but I think it's based on the lorbeerblatt, which is a type of leaf. Is that a real type of leaf? Yeah. A lorbeerblatt? Yeah, it's it's indigenous to the Shenandoah Valley. <laughs> it's indigenous to the... Shenandoah <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Valley. Boom time!